Welcome to the Warning Track Power Hour. I'm Andrew Scaff. He's Mike Worman. Today we're going to talk about the NFL's season finale, regular season finale, uh, and update our ongoing, now completed betting competition for the uh, first leg, I guess, of our, I'm going to assume, very long-running future segment. Um, and then we'll talk a little bit about um, NFL coaching openings. Um, the national championship game for college football, uh, and then and then get into the um, division round or the uh, wild card round, I guess, for the uh, playoffs on uh, the NFL next week, this upcoming weekend. Uh, I guess we'll start um, with uh, last week's NFL games. Uh, Mike, what did you find most interesting from the final week of the NFL season? Uh, was it um, teams? winning to like hold on to their playoff spots uh like like the chiefs or or uh, eagles to like clinch the one seeds uh was it um teams near the bottom of the playoffs winning to get in like like jacksonville winning a must-need game uh or teams failing maybe that were maybe more interesting like uh like green bay dropping out of the playoffs um even though they had control of the of their own destiny um yeah what what did you find most intriguing from the last week of the season yeah i found actually yeah the teams um failing to get into the playoffs or teams that had already been gotten in the playoffs who bungled their last games somehow um i think you could say dallas did very poorly getting trounced by a washington team with a quarterback named sam howell making his first start and Prescott in the starters and a lot of the starters played on Dallas and they lost 26 to six. It was really bad. I think also you could say the Eagles almost blew it against a not so good Giants team that was also not even playing its best players. Like it was Davis Webb was the third big quarterback. Saquon Barkley didn't play a lot of the, you know, um, defensive guys. We're not in there either, and it was mostly the Eagles starters trying to, um, you know, with Hertz in there, trying to kind of get back on the same page uh, that they had uh, a few weeks ago. So that that didn't turn out very well for them. Um, the the they San Diego Chargers they win, but it just or, wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah, they won, but it was not the statement right. that you would want it to be. Um, I, I said San Diego Chargers. Uh, it was the Los Angeles Chargers against the Broncos. This game was meaningless to them, but they decided to keep their starters in it and in it for a while and long enough that maybe some of their starters got injured in the, in the most Charger fashion of all under Coach Brandon Saley. So maybe hurting them going into their playoff game against Jacksonville, where they could have really take, used it as a kind of a bye week to get well, especially because Jacksonville was a team that beat them so badly the first time around. Uh, but yeah, I think the most other than the Chiefs' big victory against Oakland, I mean, against Las Vegas, um, it was it was the the defeat of the uh, Green Bay Packers in um, dramatic fashion against uh, the Detroit Lions, losing at home against Detroit, you know, a team that historically is very bad. And you think Aaron Rodgers is one of the all-time great quarterbacks. He's also one of the is sort of recently become one of the more annoying uh, uh, players in the NFL. And it was nice to see um, his team go down. And I think probably that's probably going to be 
Rodgers' last, I would, I would imagine it's going to be Rodgers' last game as a Packer, mm-hmm. um, given the way that ended. Did you see, did you see him walk off the field? Yeah, um, it kind of seemed like maybe he, he saw it that way. Um, but he, he's due a lot of money. Uh, if he comes back next season on his own, at least anyway, he doesn't have, he doesn't have to do anything. I mean, he just has to show up, right? I mean, he doesn't, yeah, um, I think there's no contract negotiations. Um, you know, he's already signed a multi-year deal and he's only a year into that. So he's got a couple of seasons left and he's due a lot of money, like yeah, $50 million, lot of money. Yeah. I think <laughs> the idea is that maybe hard to walk away him. from that. Yeah. yeah, it's like, well, it's for two, he's two, a two years off his contract. So maybe some team would say, well, $50 million a year is a lot. But that seems to be the going rate for a good quarterback now. And, yeah. and like you're paying Kyle Murray almost that much. You know, that's, you know, uh, and Mahomes is making close to that. Uh, Josh will be Josh yeah. Allen, uh, you know, same thing. I, yeah, that's, that's, that's what you pay for a high price quarterback. Right. And, um, yeah, I, you'd think maybe one of those, you know, there's a lot of quarterback. Uh, needy teams out there so maybe they'll make a trade for Rodgers if um like it's it seems that um Rodgers is kind of worn out as welcome in Green Bay in a lot of ways so mm. I, I yeah I, I could see him getting traded I don't it's possible to retire and I guess it's also possible to come back so I don't I don't really know what's gonna happen but I just I just had the feeling that it seems like um that might be his last game and it's kind of funny the way it ended like they shouldn't have even been close to the playoffs. They were just in a bad conference and won a few games kind of luckily. And they were just they a had, bad team. They had dug themselves such a hole they needed to win. Yeah. Basically the last six games of the season and they, they nearly did it. They nearly did. Yeah. They got they got it they got they got it handed to them almost, but they still couldn't uh do it, which was so they made it it's it's one of the it hurts more when you almost do it rather than when you just you know, so like that so it was kind of it was kind of uh, sweet to me to see that see that happen well and to a team that uh already knew that they had been eliminated from playoff contention um because the timing of the games was such that seattle uh had already won and would would have finished ahead of um detroit regardless of the outcome of that of uh the detroit uh green yeah. game so um the, really the only thing detroit was playing for was the spite you know, defeat of keeping Green Bay out of the playoffs, seemingly. Yeah, yeah. Looking back, you think the NFL didn't make the right pick on which game to put at the end. I was thinking just now, probably the game they should have put on Sunday night as their primetime final game should have been Buffalo hosting New England because it was a huge game for Buffalo coming back. Mm. And then in New England, if they won, they were going to make the playoffs no matter what happened mm. elsewhere. So I think that would have been the most. But you, they they did that before the um, Hamlin situation happened. But that would have mm. been the, that would have probably been the game to do because I think the, the debate was what are they going to do Jacksonville Tennessee and nobody want, nobody outside those those are two of the probably least top, bottom five pop, teams in popularity uh, yeah. nationwide. I would guess, but, but it is a deciding a division. It is a deciding is- game. Yeah. You know, importance level is should be fairly high. Yeah, the importance level was high, but yeah, that's like you know, uh, yeah, I would say that a lot of those southern NFL teams are because college football is so big down there. The NFL isn't as popular, and most of those teams they don't tend to have the stars that 
um, you know, they don't they don't compete as like the AFC South is kind of is always has been bad most of the time. The NFC South bad most of the time. You know, New Orleans is, is okay sometimes, and Atlanta um, every once in a while, and Tampa with Brady. But it's it's one of those things where most of those like yeah, it's it, those teams down there. Nobody, um, it's a yeah. There aren't huge. Um, there aren't, there's no nationwide appeal to those. To a lot of those teams because there's a lot of also a lot of expansion teams uh, in those conferences or like the titans they moved from houston and there's a houston expansion there's carolina expansion there's jackson there's jacksonville mm. expansion um it's they don't they, ha- they didn't have time to build up uh fan bases really and uh a lot of those people in those areas probably have other teams that they followed already and yeah, it's, yeah. um i wonder it seems yeah it seems kind of interesting how like the NFL wants this competitive kind of balance, but the divisions are very unbalanced. And then, which ends up being that the schedule ends up being quite unbalanced then too. Um, yeah. Like, like it, you know, certain teams have much more difficult schedules than, uh, than others do. I mean, they, you know, they want that to happen where the, um, you know, top teams play other top teams. So you can really tell which top team is actually deserving of that of that uh that um you know that their record at least anyway especially when it comes to the playoffs but but when the top teams from some divisions are not very good in comparison to the other divisions it does kind of lessen it that a bit i think part of that is comes about in the nfc a little bit because dallas plays in the nfc east for no reason other than dallas wants to be in those big media markets to play those big media teams that they've played historically so like you know dallas and new york and philadelphia yeah. and washington are all together yeah and like, was, i think it was yeah mostly just to yeah to maintain rivalries yeah and it's strange despite that dallas the regional difference yeah. and Dal- i think dallas had long protested against moving to a western division or south division even well before the four division format and um, mm-hmm. I think because they wanted the they wanted the East Coast primetime uh, games rather than the West Coast ones and um, like it's you know the NFC East should be probably Carolina Washington uh, uh, Philadelphia and the Giants and then the South would be Dallas New Orleans Atlanta Tampa Tampa. Yeah, yeah. This Dallas doesn't have any rivalry with mm. with those teams, I guess. Right? I mean, they you would build a rivalry. They weren't interested in building new rivalries. They just wanted to maintain their old ones. Yeah, and yeah. and their more um, you know, historic, um, yeah, division. I guess. I guess. Yeah. Well, like Seattle, like Seattle got bumped from the AFC West to the NFC West. I guess Kansas, you could say Kansas City is not that Western compared to most of the other uh, West of the Mississippi. Mississippi. I guess when St. St. Louis was still, I think NFC West, because mm. they were they were in Los Angeles, right? And then they moved, yeah, St. Louis, and they stayed in the West, and they moved back to Los Angeles. So I, I guess that that worked out for them. But um, yeah, having Dallas like dictate where they wanted to be, it, make, it, it seems it's interesting because the NFC. Is yeah, and the AFC is like that too. With where, um, yeah, it's the South again. That's not 
you think that having a team in Houston, maybe because Texas loves football and you think Houston should be good. Um, I guess under Watson, they were for a brief moment, but um, yeah, it's and like, yeah, it's interesting how some of those like big market teams do so poorly year in and year out. Yeah. Because Atlanta is one of the biggest cities in the country, uh, metro area. Um, and they do, yeah, they haven't had a good team. And when was Atlanta's? I guess, oh, they, they had uh, a Super Bowl when they lost the Super Bowl. They haven't been, they haven't been the same since Matt Ryan uh, and yeah. the Falcons collapsed like six, seven years ago in the Super Bowl. So yeah. I don't know if they've even made the playoffs. But, but they have the uh, college college football champs in the state of Georgia. So they're they're good, I guess, for now. Yeah, that's but, true. Uh, do we want, do, we want do, we, do we before we talk about do we want to get the uh, college national championship out of the way? Let's just yeah, let's just get it out of the way. <laughs> Not an entertaining game at all. Was there anything to take away from that? Uh, Georgia is much better than TCU. <laughs> I think that is mostly it. I didn't think TCU would be that bad. I don't know yeah. what happened. And they played they played a competitive game against Michigan. I don't think Michigan was four touchdowns plus worse than Georgia. Ohio State played Georgia very close. So, like, mm. I don't know what happened. It just seemed like they just didn't care after. They got to the final, and that was the important thing. But... Yeah, it was just so weird and bizarre. And it makes, yeah, like, I think it makes the, it made the Big 12 kind of look Embarrassed, like if like if TCU had just lost by one point or something to Michigan, a really close game, and said, "Oh, that was a great game," and then Michigan played uh, Georgia, uh, I think TCU would look a lot better had they not had they actually lost the first game rather than yeah. making it to the final and just losing. So, as long as they didn't get blown out in that first game, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like if they had lost by the same score that they won by, yeah, and it was a close game. Um, I think they would have been it would have been okay, but like, yeah, like losing, it's like hard to say. Like. Oh, when you win that first game, you think, okay, finally people are going to respect this. We'll, we'll be, at worst, the number two team in the country. But they lost by 58. Do, do you know where T- TCU ended up being ranked? Uh, in the last poll? I mean, they, yeah. were, they were third, I think, before the playoff. Yeah, like um, after, uh, after the Bulls. Oh, I mean, I assume they finished second, but... I don't didn't see it. Did they fall more than that? Because they gave up what sixty five points in the final. Yeah, somehow they were second. Yeah, I and think somehow, they'd have to stay second. I don't know how they could really justify yeah. doing that. Michigan was third, Ohio State fourth, Alabama fifth. They stayed basically where they were. Yeah, Tennessee, Penn State, Washington eight, Tulane nine, Utah ten. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I've you know long ranted against the way the Big Twelve handles most of the things that they do. Uh, they did not do do any favors to TCU and getting them prepared for a national championship game. The way they officiated the uh, Big Twelve championship game, um, they do the same thing in basketball too, where they seem like they try to build up a team. Almost always Kansas. 
and they usually don't perform very well typically in the tournament. Well, it's last year uh, KU was one. They did fine that year, but in, in the past, I guess they the, lost relatively early when they've gotten high seeds that they didn't deserve because they get such beneficial treatment in the conference play <laughs> and in the tournament play. It's, it's just absolutely absurd. I like I, I like your. I'm like not a your, fan your, of the way the Big 12 runs the conference. Uh, I like I like, I like, I like a lot of the schools that are in it. I think it's run very poorly. <laughs> you dislike Kansas profusely, which I which I uh, enjoy your, your your hatred of. Um, they, the they, if they have as many violations as the NCAA claims that they have, that's enough to receive the death penalty for for college basketball. Um, because they've the schools have gotten you know more you know fewer level one violations and had their programs removed than Kansas has in recent time. But they won't do anything about it because it makes them too much money, so they'll never do anything. Kansas, I, I have a, a Kansas has the best uh, library uh, of the local uh, Kansas City area teams it's better than Mizzou's library it was better than um nebraska and some other places so i like i like their library because it helped me finish my dissertation and uh i taught i taught for a semester there so i'm i'm uh i've become more of a ku fan than i ever was Uh, so i I would say of the local teams um my parents were k-state people so i I, they they like k-state but i I've, i've like I used to be Missouri, all Missouri, but since they moved to the SEC and stuff like that, I don't, I don't follow Missouri at all because my SEC team is Arkansas, and so I really dislike, uh, yeah, Mizzou in all sports now. So, um, it's yeah. So I, I've, I've, yeah, I've, I, so I, I like, I, I don't mind Kansas, but uh, <laughs> it, they're the one team that, uh, in, in uh, these. You know, like it's hard. They're the one basketball power that's regular, a regular basketball power in the Big Twelve, other than Baylor. And it's tough to root. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's it's artificial though. At yeah. least a, a significant percentage of their success is is artificial. I think you can say that for a lot of the top basketball teams, though. The way like Duke yeah. and North Duke is is was constantly um, gifted with uh calls and seedings and um i think kentucky and, and teams like that too that it, yeah. there are i think those print there are those kind of princely teams that um yeah it's 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 yeah i i don't i don't know if um college basketball is becoming and I've, I've i haven't paid as much attention to college basketball in the last five ten years as i did when i was younger so i'm not I'm not up on it all. I'm gonna. Penn State. I'm at Penn State. Penn State doesn't have a very good basketball team usually, so I think they've. Uh, I'm gonna see when their last NCAA tournament was. I think it was a long time ago. When what? When what happened? Uh, the last time Penn State was in the NCAA tournament oh they made it in 20 2011 was the last time uh the penn state men's basketball team has been that's a long time for basketball because like so many teams make the tournament you have like one good year well especially for a school that size 
because it is an enormous school. I have a lot of students. Yeah. I think just on just on ratio that they'd have, you know, enough um basketball talent, you know, if they just drew from walk-ons to like put a relatively competitive team together. Yeah. And, the, and the last time before 2011, uh they made it in 2001. So they've only made it twice uh, in 2023. Twice, twice twice in the 21st century. Wow. Yeah. Even like Nebraska, I think is and they and they've been struggling a lot with their sports, their athletics. Yeah. Since they moved to the Big Ten, especially. Um, well, I guess Nebraska is a little bit worse. They made it in 2014, and before that, it was 1998. So, there, so what you're saying is there only one appearance in the tournament behind Penn State in the 21st century. Yeah, interestingly enough, um, Nebraska in 1998 lost to Arkansas in the first round, and Penn State when they played in 1996. Their uh, last tournament of the 20th century that they made it in, uh, they also lost to Arkansas in the first round. Well, that's good. So, but, um, oh. I, I think I, we I, remember that Arkansas, Penn State, I mean, Arkansas, Nebraska. Well, I but think anyway. maybe, maybe we should, um, yeah, bail on the, the, in, in <laughs> bail the part of discussion on, on this, uh, <laughs> on the, on the uh, NCAA because it's, uh, it wasn't really worth talking about very much. We can talk. Um, maybe we can talk about college basketball in coming weeks, since uh, the March Madness is is only a couple of months away now. Yeah, and um, there are always interesting uh, things. Iowa State has has a good team this year. They're off to a good start in, in uh, conference play. Yeah, yeah. Arkansas is doing pretty well this year as well. So, huh. um, yeah. Maybe maybe jumping right back into last week's NFL games. What what did you think of the? snow globe play from the yeah, I, I thought it was a really cool play it was it was better than a lot of the chiefs trick plays because it involved mahomes and it involved him as a passer rather than like some decoy wide receiver person that wasn't going to catch the ball you know mm. so it, it it was almost it almost didn't work because uh tony almost got tackled in the backfield uh but he's slippery enough to get away and sort of touch down. And it's, it's, it's a disappointment that there was that kind of phantom holding call called on. Um, who was it called on? It was, um, it wasn't, uh, Tooney. It was, it was, uh, Humphrey. It was Humphrey. Who got the only call Center. Yeah. Like, and he just like pushed this guy down. It wasn't much of a hold at all. If it wasn't, it wasn't even a hold. Then they scored yeah. the next play. So it didn't really matter, but, it would have been nice that that had that play actually counted rather than the next Tony end around. So it was, it was, what did you think of that play? And what did you think of the game in, in general? I thought the play was a lot of fun. I really enjoy seeing the, you know, the players come together to come up with these like somewhat bizarre plays, especially that one was, was interesting. I just like the way that they, that they rolled out of the huddle into their positions that, you know, weren't standard anyway. So like, like they other the, you know the the Raiders had to be paying attention to see even where anybody was even lined up uh, because it was you know Mahomes was not under center he was you know in a, in a running back position um, with uh, McKinnon under center I think or behind center I guess not under yeah center. they they did it almost seamlessly so it's it was 
like when they like they they did it like right like they stopped in the right spot and they like right. just it was like they didn't have like stumble like across each other it was like right they just spread the right rolled, it was they really, rolled right into their correct spots yeah it was real it was really impressive was very well uh, coordinated it was very choreographed yeah. i guess it's probably more yeah appropriate um, term reminds us a little i guess a little bit of that super bowl play where uh they did that weird kind of um all the people in the backfield did that weird kind of spin move uh yeah. jackson five kind of move before right. <laughs> that was like from the 1948 rose bowl or something right um and I, 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 they, they, I saw some sort of precursors to this play, but none of them looked like that. Yeah. Um, these kind of weird huddles where they, um, I saw some like weird huddles where they break out quickly and they kind of spread. But like I had, I, I, I haven't seen us, I haven't seen that spin anywhere yeah. else. But yeah, that was really cool, and it was nice to see the Chiefs win a game without mm-hmm. sweating it, and without injuries and without just you know almost losing to a lesser team which it seems like what is what yeah. almost happens every week right not and not over and not another and again and not another over officiated game too because other than that one play i'd say yeah well, well typically the um the raiders draw a lot of flags historically yeah. and i don't think there were that many penalties called i think in the game and there are a couple of yeah there were only, there were only 11 penalties combined in yeah the it wasn't so bad so that, it wasn't a uh, called Shepherds game, at least. Right. And the the Chiefs won the turnover battle, which is another nice sign to like see them at least stepping into the uh into the playoffs. I'm not quite so negative anyway for yeah. the defensive take. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, Jones had a uh, big game. Mahomes had another magical sort of short goal line touchdown pass to McKinnon, who's really turned it on the second half of the season. He has nine um touchdown receptions i think that actually ties an nfl record for a running back um i think he already had a, a record for like um consecutive games with a receiving touchdown was that it was yeah that it? he had six in a row which is also a record um and oh um it's not a it, it's a record in the super bowl era they said okay it's, because um the most touchdowns in a season by a running back was 11 in 1931 hmm. and do you know who <laughs> any guesses <laughs> it's nobody you'll ever remember the gallop the galloping ghost it wasn't red grange that's a good that's a good oh. guess it wasn't bronco nagurski or somebody like that either it was but it's got a, it, almost as interesting and cool of a name as nicknames. His, his name was Johnny Blood McNally. His nickname was Blood. Um, Blood. And do we want to know what the origin of this nickname is? Looking up right now, he played. He was part of the NFL 1930s All Decade Team. So it's really sad that you haven't heard of him, Andrew. Uh, hmm. <laughs> he played for six different teams. Between 1925 and 41, um, he actually went to his career ended because of World War II, and he actually tried to make a comeback in 1945 after the war. But he was he was already 42 years old, so he didn't. Uh, oh. um, he went to Notre Dame, and he played his. Mo- so, let's see how many of these teams that you've heard of. He's play. He played for. Um, one, two, three, four, 
five, six teams, I believe. Yeah, six different teams. Two stints with um, two of the same teams. So uh, six different ones and eight, eight, eight uh, stints total. So his first team was the Milwaukee Badgers. Oh, of course. 925, 925, 926. Then the Duluth Eskimos, 26 to 27. The Pottsville Maroons. Do you know where Pottsville is? No. It's in Pennsylvania. Um, that's where... Um, Seems surprising that there, that there would be enough uh, population to support a team in yeah. a town that isn't yeah. very big. It's not very big, but uh, the Yingling Brewery is in Pottsville, if you've heard of it. Okay. Yeah, they're in Pottsville. That's the only thing I know really about Pottsville. It's kind of um, mining mining kind of eastern Pennsylvania between Scranton and uh, Philadelphia. Uh, the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he, most famous, he played for the Packers for seven seasons, his most famous team. The Pittsburgh Pirates. Who later Pirates became football. the Pittsburgh Steelers? Who later became the Pittsburgh Steelers? Did you know that the Pirates were uh, the Steelers were once known as the Pirates? Mm. Which I guess is why they are also black and yellow um, huh. as a color. That's my guess. Um, uh, so yeah, they they joined the NFL in the nineteen in nineteen thirty three. Uh, yeah, owned by Art Rooney, took its name from the baseball team of the same name, which was com- as was common practice for NFL teams at the time. You know, you had the Chicago, you had the um, St. Louis Cardinals, you had the New York Giants, um, some of those other teams, yeah, the Pirates, and then. Uh, Did you see his uh, his his actual his nickname though too? Did you notice that? Johnny Blood. What well, like, uh, are, are you in Pro Football Reference or? I'm on I'm on Wikipedia. Uh, where okay. where do you get the, where do you get the name Blood? Oh, I, it just says uh, it has a nickname for him, separate from that, uh, of the the vagabond halfback. Oh, the vagabond! Well, he did play for all those different teams. Yeah. Um, so he's actually his... listed in in Pro Football Reference as just as just as Johnny Blood. Johnny Blood. <laughs> <laughs> then he played for the Pirates, the Packers, the Pirates, and then the Buffalo Tigers were his last team. Um, it, apparently, um, he was. Uh, so while working for a newspaper in Minneapolis, uh, he and a friend, Ralph Hansen, heard they could make extra money by playing football for a semi-pro football team. They decided to try out under fake names, which would protect McNally's amateur standing in case, in case Notre, da- Notre Dame agreed to take McNally back someday after he was kicked out. He was kicked out of Notre Dame for some reason. Um, so he played, wait, he played football at St. John's University in Collegeville, Minnesota, Catholic school, they transferred to Notre Dame, but he never actually played for Notre Dame. Really? He was kicked out of school for some reason. I guess because he was a punk. Um, and so, yeah, he and one of his friends were trying to take fake names, and they drove by a movie theater that was playing uh, a 1922 movie called Blood and Sand by Rudolph, well, with Rudolph Valentino as the star. And... Um, <laughs> Johnny McNally was blood and his friend became sand. And that was the uh, source of it. But yeah, he has, um, so not only did he have a record for uh, touchdown receptions by a running back in a season of 11, he also has a record for touchdown 
receptions in a career, which was surprising to me by a running back. Um, 37, ahead of Marshall Falk, uh, 36, which I thought was really surprising. Interesting. I would have guessed, like, you know, Priest Holmes or somebody would have had a lot. Yeah. Eckler. Eckler has 29, so he might pass him at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Darren Sproles had only 32. Keith Byers, 31. Um, Alvin Kamara, 22. McCaffrey, 22. So maybe they will at some point. Uh, but um, how many uh, touchdowns receiving does Jordan McKinnon have in his career? No clue. I mean, at least nine. Yeah. <laughs> isn't that, that's where he is right now, isn't it? Yeah. For this for this season? He has 16 uh, in his career. He's never had more than two receiving touchdowns in a career in a, in a, in a year before this year, which is also surprising, I think. Yeah, he's turned into quite a, um, well, especially a, a, a fantasy running back then because of the receiving touchdowns. That, that certainly helps pad those stats. Yeah, he has 512 yards, 56 receptions, nine touchdowns. And yeah, it's, it's pretty good. Um, yeah, should, we, um, should, we, uh, should we go to <laughs> our, our picks from this week? Yeah, let's go to our picks. We, we've had yeah. a lot of uh, uh, tangents here. Uh, I think Johnny Blood McNally was our was was uh, unexpected. Unexpected, yeah. <laughs> Never know when Johnny Blood will make an appearance. I guess. Well, now, well, now he's going to come up more often. Anyway. Blood, the vagabond yeah. halfback. The vagabond halfback. He was also uh, the coach of the Pittsburgh Pirates for three seasons. Oh. I, I did notice that he he died one day after his eighty second birthday. Apparently, too. Palm Springs, so he must have uh, retired pretty well. Yeah, I guess so. He was one of the seventeen inaugural members of the of the Pro Football Hall of Fame, which included Jim Thorpe, Sammy Baugh, Curly Lambeau, Bronco Nagurski. So, yeah, he was highly regarded in his day, but I guess he just become forgotten. Uh, I guess so. maybe some old timers might remember Johnny Blood, but I I, I had never heard of him, uh, so. I think I know football fairly well, so it's, it's not nah. well enough. Well, with a name like Johnny Blood, you'd think there would be more more talk about him even now, right? Yeah. No, oh, oh, uh, he, there's a section on uh, in the Wikipedia article called "Legendary Antics of Johnny <laughs> Blood." Really? Yeah. There can't um, be that many people that have. A legendary antics section. Uh, yeah, so apparently he jumped across um, a narrow ledge six stories above the ground to get into a hotel room. He jumped a t- jumped on top of a fast-moving train uh, <laughs> to flee a towel fight uh, with a teammate, I guess. Uh, wow. Um, he played an entire game with a collapsed kidney. I didn't know your kidneys <laughs> could collapse. <laughs> wow. Um, he was yeah, just doing strange. Yeah. 
he passed up on an opportunity to purchase an NFL franchise for $1,200. You could have bought an NFL team for $1,200. Wow. Yeah. Um, he had a bet with um, an, a boxer um, <laughs> that said, said um, you know, he'll be, uh, he and this, this boxer friend of his made a bet on the winner, who, whoever lived the longest would receive $1,000. Uh, and uh, Johnny Blood lived six years longer than his friend Augie Ratner um, and he goes the one, the one who lose, goes first loses a grand to the one who survives the loser won't miss the money and it will console the winner for the loss of a friend may I live a long time and you forever oh it's actually kind of nice but uh... <laughs> wow passing up buying a franchise seems surprising now doesn't it yeah uh he uh was in the in world war ii in india as a code breaker he's a he this guy is like the most interesting man in the world i think um he he went he, he went back to school and at the age of 50 at the university of minnesota and he earned a master's degree in economics wow yeah <laughs> johnny blood <laughs> he ran for sheriff one time <laughs> somehow they didn't he didn't win i don't know wow it's, yeah yeah this is this is yeah so i'm sorry we we, we, we went back to the johnny blood <laughs> <laughs> johnny blood would have been flat proud of uh um maybe of <laughs> of of uh our results this week or maybe not ashamed of our results this week because we both finished at 500. Uh, we made an extra bet to make up for our uh, missing um, or bet that never uh, came to fruition that the each of us had bet on some aspect of the Bills Bengals game uh, that ended, of course, when, when um, Lamar Hamlin got hurt. But uh, we made four bets. Do you want to talk about your first one? You want to talk? Let's, let's go losses first, then wins. I think that is how we usually sure. like to do it. Sure. Uh, yeah, so my uh, first loss was I had the over um, the Tennessee-Jacksonville game. Um, Jacksonville didn't ever quite get going on offense, but uh, did win the game late on a fumble recovery that was somewhat questionable, at least a contra- yeah. little bit controversial. Um, yeah, I think it could have easily they, been a forward pass. Yeah. They did. Um, but yeah, the, you know, the officials talked about it and decided that it was uh that it was a fumble jacksonville ended up um, winning the game uh but the uh they did not cover the uh 40 point line that ended at 36 points so i i did not just manage to win that bet yeah um tennessee's offense has been suspect uh, the last several weeks they might be one of the teams in in line for uh aaron Rodgers' services if he ever uh decides to or if the team the Packers decide to trade him mm. but um, they've been kind of one of those teams where they, they can't quite get over the hump uh Tannehill had them playing pretty well a couple of years ago they made the FC championship game they were the number one seed last year so like they were um this year they couldn't quite uh summon that magic when Tannehill uh went down but 
Right, so the Titans ended up finishing eight and nine, the Jaguars nine and eight, and in the playoffs, which ensured that a losing, uh, which ensured that no losing team in the AFC uh, made the playoffs. Um, right. Because that could have happened. Had Jacksonville lost last week, they still could have won uh, and finished eight and, or Tennessee even lost. I think I think there were ways for um, eight and nine teams to make the playoffs still sneak in. Yes, yeah, like like they did in the NFC South. Um, Speaking of, um, I guess we'll, we'll stick with the AFC South. Uh, I had an over-under as well with an AFC South game. Uh, the battle for who's maybe which was the worst team of 2023. Chicago was, at, the, at least of the AFC teams, um, the Texans versus the Colts. Uh, their over-under was 38, and I thought, okay, I'll take the under. I have no idea who's playing quarterback. I don't think either team really wants to win the game, although it turned out something both teams really wanted to win the game. And one to and uh, Lovey Smith's team ended up pulling it out, uh, 32 to 31. I think he knew he was going to get fired. And yeah, he wanted, to, he wanted to stick it to management, and the win moved the um, Texans to 313 and one on the season, pushing them into the second draft pick posi- position. And the Bears lost. Uh, We'll talk about your Bears game uh, as one of your wins, but they were three and fourteen. So uh, the uh, they fired Smith, for, I guess, for losing, or they fired. We're going to fire him anyway. That's two consecutive one-year coaches now that the, the mm-hmm. Texans have had. Which well, so so in fact, they actually fired him for winning. Which was yeah, the and I don't. I think they're going to fire him anyway. That's my guess. Um, yeah. So I think they want. Um, uh, Cade I think they want Cade McNow as the coach. Yeah, that's that's what they've um, talked about. It seems like that. No, no, Josh, sorry, Josh McCown, not Kate. Not uh, oh, the different not Cade uh, McNow. They were they were two interchangeable mediocre quarterbacks who had the same right. basic name. Uh, yeah, Josh McCown. Yeah, you know the difference between Josh McCown and Cade McNow. You're probably going to tell me that. I'm, I'm going to still doubt it after you tell me. No. All right. I'll, okay. You, you, I'll, <laughs> I'll give you a biography. You guess which one is which. So I um, always thought they were the same person. So, okay. So, I don't think you're going to convince me that they're different people now. Okay. One of them is 43 years old and one is 45. Do you know which one is older, Cade McNown or Josh McCown? I'm gonna say Cade is older. He is correct. Um, one of them was a first round draft pick, while the other one was a third round draft pick. Which one was a first round draft pick? That must have been Josh. Cade again. Cade McNown. Wow. Drafted in the first round out of UCLA, in 1999, by the Chicago Bears. Uh, hmm. One of them played uh, approximately 18 seasons in the NFL. The other one played only four seasons in the NFL. Which one played more seasons? I remember Josh being around longer. I could be wrong. You're right. I think Josh Josh was around longer. It's Josh. Okay. So even though Cade was the first-round draft pick, Josh was the one who ended up having – Josh was a third-round draft pick out of um, Sam Houston State. He played for SMU briefly, too. Um, Did you say he had the more storied career then? 
but maybe it still wasn't very it wasn't necessarily a very uh it wasn't an epic it was just a relatively short book yeah josh passed for 17 over seventeen thousand yards 98 touchdown passes 62 interceptions um uh cade mcnown only th- only just over three thousand yards passing 16 touchdowns 19 picks so um uh josh had a better um a better a, a better career by, by by a long shot but um yeah i, I still get Cade McNown. And there's also a Cody McNown or McCown. There was another, yeah, really another similarly named player. So what I mean is Josh McNown and um is he coaching already or uh, I think uh Josh McCown was coaching high school or something. So he has the same resume as uh, Jeff Saturday. Yeah, basically. Um, he he was a volunteer quarterbacks coach in North Carolina, assistant coach in Texas where his sons play. Um, apparently, uh, when he played for the Eagles in 2019, the Eagles allowed him to go in the play to go to those high school quarterback uh, games. Um, yeah, he was. Yeah, it's just bizarre. <laughs> yeah, he. Uh, yeah. So uh, anyway, what what we're I think so we were talking about the Texans Colts. Uh, I think and we're really going off the rails here today. After our after our most efficient week last week, where we got in in a lean forty four minutes, I think this time. Yeah. We're, we're not going to match that, and we're probably already over that, and we haven't talked about it half our second. So, yeah, Texans-Colts, it was supposed to be under 38. It ended up being well over 63, 32-31. And, yeah, I think it marks it marked the last day for sure of Lovey Smith, probably the last day as well of Jeff Saturday. We'll talk about maybe coaching uh, vacancies in a little bit, but um, anything else you wanted to add to the excitement that was Texans-Colts? <laughs> Didn't watch it. Was it. An exciting game. Didn't watch it. Don't care. It, it was no. a. There was a. It, uh, the, the the Texans were down um, by seven at the very end, and they scored a touchdown, and they went for the two point conversion to win it, <laughs> to, to, right. to, and to lose the draft pick that way. They got the touchdown and hilarious. the two point conversion, which was it was really impressive, and and it, it kind of ironically, Lovey Smith ended up. You know, he was a longtime coach of the Chicago Bears. He mm-hmm. ended up winning. The Bears, the first, the first overall. That's right. Graphic. So he's a hero at an almost Ditka esque level in Chicago. Should be, should be considered that way, right? Yeah. <laughs> what was the, what was your second loss then? Second loss was one that we alluded to a little bit ago. Um, the Bills uh, playing their first game back from uh, the Hamlin um, injury. They, I had the page. They were playing the Patriots at home. The Patriots were a seven-point underdog. I took the Patriots at plus seven. They, um, the Patriots, if they had won that game, they um, would have gone to the playoffs at nine and eight. They controlled their own destiny, but they lost thirty-five to twenty-three. However, it was the game was closer than the score indicated, and the game turned basically on 
two kickoff return touchdowns, not one, but two kickoff return touchdowns by Naheem, Naheem Hines, uh, one for 96 yards and one for 101 yards. And that made all the difference. And so had he just had one of those touchdowns, one of those kickoff return touchdowns, I would have covered. But he had to have two kickoff returns. To, uh, <laughs> just had to do it. So thanks, Mr. Hines. <laughs> so is, is he on your... Is he on your he, list now? Though, he is, uh, yeah, especially because okay, he's, he's one of the Bills. So, and he was a former uh, Indianapolis Colt for a very long time. That's right. Also, he was rumored to go to the Chiefs for a while when when he was buried in the Colts uh, depth chart. But I think mm-hmm. the Chiefs ended up not needing him because they had Jerick McKinnon, who's kind of the same player. Hmm. And then Ronald Jones ended up playing a little Ronald bit Jones. too, and yeah. he ended up with a touchdown rush yeah. uh, in his most recent game, uh, which is nice to see. Getting involved a little bit more, I'm sure he's yeah. happy with that. And the Chiefs also, I don't even remember, they have Melvin Gordon on the practice squad, mm-hmm. uh, so it's possible if there's another running back injury, if Edward Delaire isn't able to come back, um, mm-hmm. we might see Melvin Gordon as the next. That'd uh, be a little, that'd be a little surprising to see him as a chief. Yeah, he's played yeah. for. I guess this would be his third AFC West team, right? <laughs> he doesn't fumble it. He's a very good running back, but right. that's a big if. Right, right. Uh, how about your second loss? So my second loss was a game that we both picked in with different picks. Um, turned out to be a very surprising game anyway with the uh, Dallas and Washington. Uh, um, and yeah, the, Cow- the Cowboys laid a gigantic egg in this one. Um, I had the I had Dallas minus seven. Uh, they didn't come anywhere close. This losing twenty six to six. In Washington. Yeah, yeah. You think uh, Washington is starting uh, the quarterback Sam Howell, making his first ever start. He was I had forgotten he was from North Carolina, the University of North Carolina. He was a fifth round draft pick, and uh, he. North Carolina, known as being a you know big quarterback producing school, that they did produce Mitch Trubisky a couple of years ago, and he was the he was the hot uh, prospect. Uh, he was the first quarterback taken in the twenty seventeen NFL draft. <laughs> universally loved amongst all NFL football fans. Does that sound right? I believe so. Well, he was uh, yeah, he's the uh, Mitchell Trubisky or Mitch Trubisky. He was, I don't know. Again, it's one of those things where anybody who was not a football person would have questioned that pick of Mitch Trubisky. He didn't have much experience as a starter. He, mm-hmm. North Carolina, he wasn't like he was all projections and like mm-hmm. just it just seemed bad from the beginning. Um, looking at stats and stuff like that, even it's just yeah. Uh, but well, anyway. he wasn't he wasn't helped out by. Chicago and, and yeah, he was uh, offensive coordinators and you know and such no. head coaches done no he, favors. Yeah, he didn't. He had you know he didn't you know he wasn't a apparently he wasn't a very quick uh, study or or some. I think if if I think he was I think the rap on him was that if things went according to plan, like this like the plays and stuff. Yeah, he did very 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 well. But if he faced yeah. any sort of adversity at all 
he kind of crumbled. And that was the uh, problem for, for Mitch or Mitchell. I don't remember if he does he, uh, but anyway, Samuel or Sam Howell uh, defeated uh, the Cowboys and Dak Prescott. And so you're, they won 26 to six. Your uh, minus seven wasn't, wasn't in it. Anywhere close. Fortunately, though, uh, my under of 41 did come through in that game. Uh, so I won uh, that one through only 32 points scored total. I thought maybe the game might be something like 26 to 6, but I never would have guessed that Dallas would be the one of six instead of that would be the that would be the other way around. Yeah. 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 So that so that game went like completely opposite from what I would have expected. I my guess would have been Dallas would have blown out Washington trying to make a statement going into the playoffs because they still had a chance at the one seed even. Yeah, they did. Especially because, you know. yeah, because the um, the Eagles weren't pulling away mm-hmm. from, uh, from from uh, the Giants. And one of the, and it's also interesting, after the game, one team fired its offensive coordinator and it wasn't Dallas. <laughs> Washington fired their offensive coordinator, Scott Turner. Uh, we talked about, I don't know, we even talked about, we talked about nepotism uh, in the NFL and how rampant it is. And Scott Turner, of course, is the son of Norv Turner. You know, legacy coaches, it's your favorite. Legacy coaches. Do you know what Norv is short for? Oh. Is it, is it like, is it like Norval? It is Norval. That's N O R V A L. Yeah. Norville Turner. He was the he was the head coach um, of Washington, of the Chargers, and also the Raiders for uh, stints. Uh, off, offensive coordinator a lot of places. He was famous for being offensive coordinator at Dallas when Dallas was winning their early Super Bowls, Super Bowls in the early nineties. And um, I don't remember Dallas having a wonderful offense. They had a pretty good offense, but they had. Emmett Smith and Troy Aikman and mm-hmm. Michael Irvin. So it's kind of hard to not have a good team. Jay Novacek and Alvin Hart. It was not, it's hard not to have a good team uh, with, with, with that talent. I don't, I don't think, I never thought of the Dallas, the, those Dallas Cowboys teams is kind of out Xing and O, owing anybody. It's, it's just, they recruited, it's like when uh, they drafted good players and they, like, you know, like when Jimmy Johnson was in college. You recruited good players at the University of Miami. That's how you win in college. It's it's just by uh, recruiting better players than your opponents, and I think that's what Dallas ended up getting is better players than their opponents. I don't I don't remember um, any kind of real dynamic uh, sort of uh, playmaking and and stuff. But Norv became a pretty well traveled offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Uh, his teams had some success, but. Um, Never enough, and his son Scott though, was unable to survive the axe in Washington, which I think was probably done because Ron Rivera's job is pretty precarious right now, given the fact that he did not know that his team could be eliminated from the playoffs last week when they lost. Crazy. Um, any other comments on Dallas? Oh man, I yeah, I just I just don't know what to expect from them at all now. Like the like you you think you kind of have it figured out, and then you know this type of game happens, and 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 now now I really don't know how to pick around those games you know coming up too. So it's gonna it's gonna be yeah. really interesting to see what they do. My expectations for them have cratered though after that. Game. 
<laughs> like I kind of thought they were going to be really, you know, maybe maybe they'd be like kind of a wild card, you know, you know, come out of that wild card round as being like a potential to upset maybe anybody in the NFC. And now I don't know if they're going to survive the first game. So it's very yeah. weird. Yeah, they to, see, were, to have a you know confidence crushed that fast in a in a team. Yeah, Prescott had 128 yards passing on 37 attempts, or a 3.5 average per attempt. Pretty, pretty low. Um, yeah, and it's like all the starters played, Zeke Elliott played, uh, Cody Pollard played, all the receivers, all the everybody played, and they still did nothing. Um, it's it was one of the more baffling results of the season and yeah like you said it doesn't seem to be a good omen for the playoffs Mm -hmm. for them but you never know what's gonna happen but um so yeah dallas uh, i was one i got uh uh, under 41 what was the what was your first victory of the uh it's my first victory uh so i had um bet on the uh, Bengals minus seven against Baltimore uh Lamar Jackson still out and their backup quarterback was also out so Anthony Brown was starting for Baltimore <laughs> yes um, somebody named Anthony Brown was starting I didn't even know that was pretty and apparently uh, Sammy Watkins um has moved to Baltimore now Did you yeah know? so they have Demarcus Robinson and Sammy mm-hmm. Watkins on their roster. Yeah. Their their receiving core is becoming the. They just need Byron Pringle and, uh, you know, some right. of the <laughs> right. Oh, well, they have um the former Chris Conley State, maybe um tight end Charlie Kular is there is there. Oh, Iowa State tight end. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So those those three guys, Watkins, Kular, and Robinson, had uh had eight catches though for for Baltimore. Uh, but uh, but Cincinnati um got out to an early lead. Uh, and held on for for the game, uh, 27-16, easily covering the uh, seven point spread in that one. So, listen, bringing me nearly back to level on the season. Then with my net one and two at this point. Um, yeah, yeah. So and I, you had I, you I, had an ugly game as your final pick. Is that right? It was it was ugly. There were only there. Uh, the highest scoring plays of the game were field goals, and uh, there were five field goals and one safety in that game. Fortunately, three of the field goals and the safety were all scored by the Miami Dolphins. Uh, they won 11 to 6. I had the Dolphins minus two. I thought the Jets, I didn't know who the quarterback was going to be. It turned out to be Joe Flacco. Um, they didn't have anything really to play for, they were out of the playoffs. The Dolphins desperately wanted to finish nine and eight rather than eight and nine after they finished eight and three. So I think both of those teams coming in had lost at least five straight games. And it was not um, a pretty game. I think uh, Skylar Thompson played for the Dolphins. It was a battle of like third string quarterbacks. And somehow, yeah, nine, it was nine to six late. And then they got a late safety thinking 11 to six to, Really sealed the deal for me, so I was I was pleased, um, especially after uh, after the other results weren't weren't seeming to go my way. So, um, yeah, if I finished two and two on the week, and you had another win, your fourth win was also it allowed you to finish five hundred this week. What was your What was your uh, second? Well, just real quick though, 
the, the line apparently in that Miami game did move to minus four was the final line. Ooh. And so they so they actually needed that safety to cover. <laughs> I bet at the right time. It gave me some cushion. I didn't uh yeah. yeah. I saw I saw I saw the line was gonna move. I I was surprised that Miami was only <laughs> only favored by two because you know Jets they should are, be a lot better than the Jets on yeah, paper. Yeah. Um so but yeah, was, but, uh, but the field goal and safety to finish the game, it were in the final 18 seconds <laughs> of the fourth quarter. So that They're was really- uh covered covered and then you know added a little cushion too so that was yeah that's pretty funny but 11 to 6 that's got to be one of those um more rare more rare scores yeah yeah do you have i'm gonna look up the score gami see the 11 to 6 yeah how how often has that happened it cannot be very often that that's happened uh Gotta be a better. I've seen. Uh, eleven to six. Being there has been. I guess there has been eleven to six. I'm trying to see what the. I mean, I'm sure it's happened before, but because there are multiple ways to get to eleven. But yeah, probably a lot of old. This it's only the second. It's only the second. Uh, eleven to six game. Really, I'm surprised. Because I would have guessed probably some early games, yeah. early NFL games. Um, or, or, you know, a, touch, a touchdown with a two-point conversion and then a field goal gets you to 11 also. But yeah. like, there's more than one way to get to 11. It's not just that one way. It could have been four safeties and a field goal, but that's, you know, not what happened. But Yeah, it also could have been a touchdown, no extra point. Um, right. Oh, wait, here uh, I don't know. I I found a better website for it at one point, and I can't seem to find it this time. But what, what what is the the term for that? It's a it's called a scoragami. Scoragami. Oh, here it is. It's on it's on Pro Football Reference. There's a there's his own website called Scoragami, but it's on there's a Pro Football website that says all game scores in Pro Football history. And there have been oh it says that there have been two uh, eleven to six scores the last one so this is only the second ever and more wow this is really interesting and I kind of remember this game the other eleven to six score was not an old timey game it was in the year two thousand it was uh, January of two thousand it was the St Louis Rams defeating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and that was the Rams greatest show on turf going to win their um super bowl that year mm. for a meal but uh yeah they won a close low scoring game 11 to 6 against uh the tampa bay buccaneers wow yeah was it they, was it also all field goals plus one safety let's see the box score it was uh no maybe let's see no, no, there was uh, there was a safety. The, so the Buccaneers court scored two field goals for six. The Rams scored a a, a field goal in the first quarter and a safety um, in the second quarter. Uh, one of the Buccaneers a snap went out of the end zone, so probably on a punt or something. And yeah. so it was five to three at halftime. Um, then 
uh, in the fourth quarter, Martin Gramatica kicked a field goal to put the put, put the uh, uh, Buccaneers up six to five. And, yes. And as as the as towards the end of the game, uh, Kurt Warner threw a touchdown pass to Ricky Prohl uh, to make it eleven to six, and, and then they went for two, and they didn't make it two point. Okay. So they won eleven to six instead of thirteen six. <laughs> the over under for that game was forty six, and the uh, line was Rams minus fourteen in an NFC Championship game, minus fourteen. That's how good those wow. Rams were thought to be. Um, that's surprising. They ended up winning the game with with defense, essentially. Yeah, eleven to six, and they ended up beating the uh, Titans in the Super Bowl that year. Yeah, um, yeah. The yeah. So it was yeah. <laughs> Though on, on Pro Football Reference, it says the the uh, Dolphins Jets game they say it ended at three minus three and a half. So the sport, so the, so the safety did cause for many people the uh, uh, cover for uh, the Dolphins. Dolphin, yeah. So it was, and the over under was only thirty seven. <laughs> Still, it was well well under. <laughs> one of the strange, one of the strange games. Um, well, so yeah, do we want to move on to your your two point? Uh, yeah. So the so our uh, sec- your our second final. Book. Uh, game of the season then for the reg- for the regular season was uh, I had um, Minnesota at Chicago uh, under 43 uh, <laughs> and this got very close uh, final score Minnesota 29 there's 13 to end at 42 the razor thin margin of the one point and all that, all that matters to keep that bet is to stay within that, that one point is what gave you the victory on the season uh, in our bet. Uh, do you have the, you have the finals? I finished at even 500. 27 and 27 for the 27 season. 27 and 27. So a coin is no better than Dr. Michael Lerman at predicting uh, football results. Maybe, maybe we should do, you should do, a, you know, in the, next, in the next week, go ahead and assign a coin sides and see how the coin does the same <laughs> picks that you made uh and see see if you would have beaten the coin <laughs> we should we can do that maybe for uh maybe for maybe next. for like super bowl bets we could have a coin like we could we do props and stuff like that well, sure the coin, yeah well all, you can bet on the coin toss yeah we can bet on the coin toss yeah and we could bet we could, we could uh, flip our coin to see and to, to determine our coin toss bet yes and if you wanted the heads to mean tails, you could have it mean tails or heads. Yeah. You don't want to confuse things. But uh, you were, so you were 27, 26, and one. So you. So it would be if the coin on one of the tosses landed on the side. On its edge. And, and it, you know, didn't, didn't, didn't land heads or tails. Um, and so that was the difference between us over the course of this entire NFL, NFL season where we bet three picks every week for the whole 18 week season. And it came down to that one point or that one push. However you want to, however you want to look at it. Either way, it was one point that uh, I guess it would be two points that would have um, sent me to victory. One point would have been another push. And that would have been a tie for either right. of us, either in the, um, like if you're, if you, if your push had been a loss by one point, we'd be tied or if uh you had 
one point difference in the in your last game, you would have had two pushes and you would have been 26. I guess you would technically be up in the money, but you're yeah. Like, well, I guess be, if, be, if a win if a win turned into a push, you'd be 26. Then, then we would have been, been 26, even. 26, and two. So you would have been even. Mm, we would have both I, been even at zero dollars yeah. earned. So I I just needed two points in one game on one of those, and I would have uh, or one or yeah one point in one of those games I wouldn't have lost and two points I would have. Right. So it was that t- uh, it was razor thin, just like the margins in a lot of these NFL games, and that's why it's so hard to bet on those but we're uh not uh <laughs> we're not we're, we're, we're not, not licking our wounds and just counting and just grateful that yeah. we didn't uh, lose money we're still gonna uh we're, bet we're more not in those like pro level of betting i don't think yet we would be no we we would just yeah, we just need a few here and there because you need uh yeah i think 54 percent is what uh you need to make money and so we're yeah. at 50 percent. so it's only four percent off we are we're, we are losing a little bit of money but we're not hemorrhaging Money yeah, so, so you ended up yeah totally flat zero dollars earned zero dollars lost that was a 100 gain for me but i guess if we did include the the big um mm. with 54 bets that would have been you know 540 dollars it's 10 percent um so it would have been down like 440 i would have been on 540 yeah over but over 18 yeah. weeks that would be 30 bucks a week so um yeah not too bad yeah but yeah maybe yeah it's it's yeah 30 i think i do think the probably the more important part of it is that we were we were quite down early in the season and, and we'd worked our way back to even so i think if we if we started at the da- at the bottom point i think we're, we you know we were both making money since then anyway yeah so. yeah this, those early week games are tar- harder to predict gauge and also, this week eighteen is hard to gauge too because we—it's hard—it's hard to know who's going to be playing and who's not going to mm-hmm. be playing and who's uh, playing for something and who's playing for nothing. And it's, it's just one of those things. So we—I'm fortunate. I think that I finished two and two because it was, um, yeah, just I, yeah, I, yeah. It's hard—it's hard to predict any of those games. So yeah. I think the playoffs are also going to be difficult for us. But we, we have each made—we've decided to make. An additional three bets this week each. Yeah, I, w- I would say maybe maybe I had the slight edge after last week's, and I rolled into the final with the Andy Reid gentlemanly finish. <laughs> also going two and two. Just yeah, you didn't you didn't need to show me up. Yeah, you just won by just, as little as possible. Right, won by as little as possible. Right. Yeah, yeah you, put, you took a you took a meal down uh, at the end right. there <laughs> with like five minutes to go, and I was like that's fine. Yeah. That's it. You, encur- That's you encouraged the uh, Vikings not to score any more points. Too. Right. <laughs> I have a guy. I nobody guess. Gets a phone call. You know. You just say nobody gets hurt. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, so this this will conclude. I think our phase one of this, and now we're gonna, we're gonna call that done. And now I think we're gonna restart it. Playoffs through the Super Bowl will be our phase two. Okay. So, so we have three weeks of conference playoff action. Hmm. And then the Super Bowl, so four more weeks of betting. Um, I think the, I think the, our first two weeks are going to be our convention, like played like the regular season, and then we're going to change things up a little bit for conference championship weekend in Super Bowl. Weekend. Then change it up a lot for the Super Bowl, I think. So we'll, I think we'll make a lot of picks in the Super Bowl. Uh, <laughs> so we'll have, I think we'll have, yeah, a lot, um, they won't be quite as many picks, I think, over the course of this, our phase two here. Uh, but uh 
as we had in, at least in the phase the you know the regular season but uh but we'll have we'll have plenty and then yeah maybe we'll we'll pick up maybe the uh NCAA tournament maybe the next big betting opportunity yeah. maybe for us after after we get through the NFL playoffs maybe yeah we could do that yeah I think that sounds yeah. fun yeah uh, we haven't done we haven't done much basketball yet so maybe we'll have to yeah I'll have to, I'll have to, get, I'll have to start paying attention to college basketball yeah yeah <laughs> so um the playoff matchups are set uh the chiefs made the number one seed in the afc the bills are number two uh and if the chiefs and bills make the each make the afc championship game the nfl decided that the afc championship game would be played at a neutral site and not in kansas city mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on that Probably the most surprising part of it was the length of time that the NFL took to get to this decision. Um, I think that the decision itself is okay. I would really be disappointed to see the Chiefs not be able to host their fifth consecutive AFC Championship game. You know, if it happens to be against Buffalo, it would be, I think it would be disappointing to see them like lose that streak, even though they would have, you know they had the one seed, but they wouldn't necessarily get to host the AFC championship game. Should it be against Buffalo? Um, so, you know, yeah. if Buffalo doesn't make it to the AFC championship game and the chiefs do, you know, they would still continue that streak. But um, I think, I think it's really the only thing the NFL could do without playing the rest of that game out. I think, and, yeah, and I then, still... you know, inconveniencing, all of the playoff teams by pushing everything back a week. And I, I don't think they should they have played that game that. on Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, but, and I think Buffalo really, when they left town, mm-hmm. that should have been seen as a forfeit. And even though it's a bad way, but I think they would have lost the game anyway. And, mm. you know, still you could say whatever, you know, they, they I think, if they had lost, I think the reason they didn't want to lose the game is because they would have lost the tiebreaker of Cincinnati um, had they lost. And then they would only have one game at home and Cincinnati would have um, the home field advantage again for the 2-3 game. So I, yeah, I, I am, I, 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 am, I am not as happy about it. I think also it hurts uh, Chiefs ticket holders because they would have had two chances to playoff games. Mm-hmm. And or possibility of two two home playoff games, yeah. and the Chiefs, you know, ended up losing. Well, they still may have that as long as Buffalo doesn't make it to that game. Yeah. Well, Buffalo gets uh, even if Buffalo had been Buffalo still gets two home playoff games mm-hmm. if they if they win no matter what. Um, mm-hmm. Had they been the one seed, they also would have gotten two play, playoff games, so they don't lose a playoff game. Right. Actually, it's possible they can have three home playoff games where the Chiefs, you know, it seems like they can, their their maximum is, is going to be two and probably and possibly only one. So I, Maybe I, I just, yeah. I think it, I, it's, it's really a shame what happened, mm. but I don't, I think just like any of the bills is what happened. And I think, I think the Bengals got screwed over because they didn't get a chance to use that tiebreaker over the bills, but the bills got a chance to use their tiebreaker over the Chiefs, or at least mm-hmm. even it, I think the I think the Bengals, if the Bengals and Bills play each other, there's that game should also be a neutral site or a coin flip determination. It should be, yeah. But um, yeah, Cincinnati was. I think Cincinnati 
had they could if they could play it all over again, they probably would not have agreed to suspend the game for as long as they did uh, because they ended up losing really losing out because of it. Um, yeah, because something that didn't happen to their team it happened to some other, the other team. And if if something bad happens to another team, you'd think, well, it's the other team that's gonna like if you know. It's 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 it was it was I I I am very happy that uh, Hamlin was was doing a lot better and it was turned out to be good but it was it was something that I don't know it's it's, it's one of those things I guess I I, I would I disagree with the NFL's decision but um, yeah like you said it might not even matter I I I think the NFL's somewhat you know hoping that the decision doesn't have an effect because they would you know prefer to have play out the way that the games traditionally play out especially you know in the home field of the the team that has the the higher yeah score. i would have like if buffalo had won against cincinnati and they would 14-3 i would have been you know chiefs would go to buffalo that would be fine i yeah. just think it, the way it ended up I, it seems like they only buffalo was given extra um consideration mm-hmm. i guess you could say the chiefs automatically got the one seed but that's how the yeah. rules were, were written. Um, they, they had a they had more wins and you know a better winning percentage. So it's it's hard to uh, right. That's just hard. But uh, so the Chiefs won, Buffalo two, Cincinnati three. Jacksonville gets the fourth seed, winning the NFC AFC South. Uh, Chargers fifth, Ravens sixth, and the Dolphins sneak in as the seventh seed. Um, the uh, in the NFC, uh, you want to talk about the NFC? Sure. Here. Oh, do you want me to talk about the NFC? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can, I guess. Sure. Uh, well, yeah. So um, Eagles managed to bring Hertz back uh, and performed at least well enough to hold on and win their game. And, and they took the one seed um, in the NFC. Uh, and also, which means they held out their division rival, Cowboys uh back into the they five. could have lost it still won that uh it won the division this, it turned out yeah yeah would they have uh I think they would have lost the home field had they lost though right they would because San Francisco San won. Francisco would have taken the one one right right I think right. yeah yeah yes right yeah, so, so yeah, San Francisco finished in the two seed then. Um, Minnesota third, even though they may be paper tigers. Yeah, the third, yeah, so the top uh, three, yeah, 14 and three uh, Eagles and 13 and four 49ers and 13 and four uh, Vikings, despite their uh, minus three point differential for the season. <laughs> That's, which um, they almost they almost got back to even with that, that um, Bears win. And if they had gotten back to even, I would have won the bet. Betting, uh... mm-hmm. right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Then uh, Tampa won the uh, the NFC South uh, with the with a losing record. Then because they Nine. dropped their final game of the season to the Falcons. Yep. Um, in when I'm not playing most of their starters, yeah. more than uh, about the second half of the second quarter, I think is. When yeah, I think they wanted Brady to break the completions record in the mm. season i think he had set last year he has the most completions i believe yeah um, in the history yeah maybe uh 
Yeah, Tom Brady um, in 2021 uh, set an NFL season record uh, with 485 completions in 2021. That was the year. That was the year um, Tampa won the Super Bowl. And in 20 this year, 2022. No, wait, that was uh, the that was last year. That was up in last year, the year after they won the Super Bowl and they lost yeah. to the Ravens in the playoffs. And this year, because it was a 17 game season, so that's why you have 485. Yeah. And Tom Brady ended up with 490 completions really? this year because he played the first bit. I think he only needed like 10 or 15 completions. So wow. he set the completion record. He also set the attempts record this year as well. Yeah, it definitely wasn't a um, a great year for for Tampa or or Brady, um, but but it was you know enough to get into the playoffs, winning their division. Yeah, with an eight and nine record, which means they get a home game then too uh, with a losing record, which is yeah, against, surprising against Dallas. We'll talk uh, about that. Oh, uh, uh, one more thing about the uh, pass attempts record: mm-hmm. four out of the top five pass attempts seasons have been in seventeen game seasons. Um, Tom Brady has three of those top yeah. five. Who is the fourth? Uh, who is the quarterback who has the most com- other uh, most uh, pass attempts? Wait, that can't be right. I mean, I think it'd be somebody that yeah throws a lot. Maybe Favre. This gunslinger, but yeah, that seems like a lot though. Man, I don't know. I don't know. I'll say Favre. Um, top four is uh, Matthew Stafford is number two, really 727 in uh 2012. Uh, Tom Brady is from 2021 is third. Justin Herbert is the other one from this year, 699. Turns out Drew Bledsoe is number five in passing attempts per season. The, the prototype for Brady, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, um, Matthew Stafford's season. Um. Yeah, it was a 2012 Detroit season. Hmm. He had a 79.8 quarterback rating when he threw for 727 wow. passes. Drew wow. Bledsoe had an even lower quarterback rating, 1994, 73.6 when he threw that many passes. So that's wow. Um, so it's really just making making it up in volume for not being able to have that high of a of a rating, at least anyway. Yeah, the only uh, there have been only three quarterbacks in the top um, fifteen uh, to have an over one hundred quarterback rating, throwing for the the top fifteen in pass attempts. That was Tom Brady last year. He had one hundred two point one rating um, as an, he's number three. Drew Brees in twenty sixteen uh, had a one hundred one point seven. And as tied for 14th was Peyton Manning's career year in 2013 when he had 55 touchdown passes. He had 115.1 rating. He was hmm. uh, had, had the high attempts. Mahomes is, is his highest is 23rd. And that was this year, uh, all time in pass attempts per season. If that is interesting. And, and he had an outside chance of, of uh, getting to the yardage, passing yardage record. Yeah, if he had 400 yards, I think in that game he would have. Big. His um, last couple of games weren't um, as productive. No, 
as he would needed needed to be at least anyway. Yeah, Seattle. Yeah, neither Seattle nor um, Oakland. He ended up not having to be okay. Bronco, Broncos and Raiders yeah. the last two weeks. Yeah. Oh, Broncos. Yeah, Broncos and Seattle. Yeah. So yeah, similar. Yeah. So um, yeah. So um, you know, Dallas ended up uh, twelve and five with the five seed. Giants uh, slotted in at sixth, and the Seahawks pulled in uh, to the seventh seed at the last game of the season. Um, we barely, well, we, we, I guess it wasn't barely, but we, we missed out on what we wanted as the chaos for the seventh seed was if, um, because it went to overtime for Seattle, they had missed a field, it, they had kicked, missed a field goal to, at the range of regulation to send it to overtime. And then, uh, it was 13, 13, and then they ended up making a field goal to win 16 to 13. But if they had not made a field goal and they would have tied, they would have finished eight, eight and one. Mm-hmm. Of course, the Washington commanders also finished eight, eight and one. Mm-hmm. And then if uh, Green Bay and Detroit tied, there would have been a four-way 8-8-1 eight, eight, and one tie for the number seven seed, but um, it didn't happen. So, um, But Detroit but, had to go and get that touchdown in the fourth quarter instead of kicking a and, field and goal. And Detroit would have, uh, I think when we determined our tiebreaker, Detroit would have been the playoff seventh seed if all four of them had been 8-8-1. Eight, eight, mm-hmm. Correct. Yes. <laughs> because, because their uh, conference record was yeah, that's yeah. one game better than than all of the other teams. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting because so if the, both teams had tied, yes, they would have gotten in. But because both teams won, they didn't get in. Mm-hmm. But so it, that's, again, that's unfortunate. Why you know those games weren't played simultaneously? Yeah. Um, to where, you know, you don't already know the outcome of the game and know that that. You know, possibility isn't really there. Yeah, I want to so say it's unfortunate time. that the, the league ties, didn't schedule them to be simultaneously. I've become a person who likes ties, at least not when the Chiefs aren't playing. I think ties because they mess up all this, all this thing and stuff. Um, I think really we just we intend to root for chaos. You root for ties, I root for safeties. <laughs> um, yeah, yes, I guess I guess I get a little more. Uh, you know, a little more, uh, a few more safeties happen than than ties typically. So, You're right. Um, maybe maybe my, I I end up being happier slightly more often than 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 you with that with those the, those those kinds of uh, you know what you look for. Yeah, I don't mind a safety either, but uh, <laughs> um, both. Uh, I, I I don't know if um, you think it. How many, do you think any of the playoff games this week will have a safety? If I put it at a, um, I'll, I'll put it as over under 0. 0.5. Half. I, I mean, I would take the over. Weekend. I mean, I'm always rooting for them. I think <laughs> there's a chance that somebody would. Yeah, I mean, there's probably, you know, an average of one every probably three weeks or so. So there's a there's a puncher's chance, right? <laughs> Yeah. Look up if there if we can bet if if somebody could bet. Uh, well, ha- uh, maybe we'll have to have that in the Super Bowl. Well, one of the prop bets can be safety. Yeah, it surely will be on the list of possible bets. Yes. Um. But, uh, should we? Go ahead and run through our 
picks for this week's sure. games? Yeah. Uh... Looks like uh, we both have a pick um, in the very first game of the playoffs. So uh, it apparently is going to be an important game for us and also for the uh, Seahawks and 49ers. They've already played twice this season. How did the, how did that come out? Was it uh, 49ers won them both, right? 49ers won them both. They won 27 to 7 um, in uh, week two, I believe. That was, the, that was the week that Trey Lance got hurt and Garoppolo mm-hmm. finished. And then they played again more recently and I think it was 21 to 13 that uh, they won by the the uh, Niners won by eight in Seattle I can't remember the exact score I want to say 21 13 let's was that was that with Purdy yes, it, was 20, it was 21 13 that was with Purdy that was his yeah. second start I believe it was the game after they played the Buccaneers so he had um, the second start because he had uh, I think um, Garoppolo got hurt in the Dolphins game and then um, Purdy played against Brady and the Buccaneers and then went to Seattle, 21-30. Mm-hmm. That was um, the only game in the last one, two, three, four, five, seven games that the Seahawks, that the uh, 49ers failed to score 30 points or more. Interesting. So, um, yeah, so what what uh, what are you what are you looking at in that game as a... As a so... Yeah, the um the game has a yeah um so San Francisco is favored by ten at home. Uh, over under number is at forty three. Like I, I do think San Francisco will win. I'm not confident that they'll cover the ten point spread. They probably will, but I'm not sure about that. But I do think they're both teams are going to have to be scoring in this one too. So um, I'm going to take the over uh, forty three uh, for this game. Over forty-three. Um, even though even, uh, um, they won the first one twenty-seven to seven, that was 30, 34 total. And then uh, well, second one, second one was also thirty-four, twenty-one to thirteen, so thirty-four. But I, as we, as I just mentioned, uh, the the um, 49ers have scored over thirty-seven, six of the last seven mm-hmm. games. So they they maybe they'll and it's in San Francisco, so their offense is better uh, mm-hmm. now under Purdy than it really ever was under. Garoppolo, I don't know if that's because of Garoppolo versus Purdy mm-hmm. or just because Christian McCaffrey has been integrated. McCaffrey's so yeah, well. I think part of and George Kittle. They just got um, Debo Samuel, Samuel back um, yeah. last week, too. And I think they yeah. may have gotten him incorporated a little bit more into the offense, too. So. And, and that's one reason also I like that game, and I like San Francisco mm-hmm. uh, at minus 10. Uh, that's a big, I think that's the biggest spread right now of the week for the weekend. Um, yeah. But I think, I think San Francisco um, will win that game handily. So I like, even though it's a big number, I like the Seahawks. I like this. I like this. I like the 49ers minus 10 there. So um, I actually have a pick in the next game then, uh, also on Saturday, Saturday night game on NBC. Uh, This is uh, Chargers at Jaguars. Um, When we were looking at it earlier, just a little while ago was even and now uh the chargers are favored by one point uh from when uh refresh the screen here mike Ooh, the chargers uh, are favored by one 
now the Chargers are favored by one point on the road. Was it was a pick just uh, an hour ago? Yeah. So I had him. Uh, I, I had Jacksonville at a pick. I like the bet even better. Uh, Chargers minus one. Uh, although it makes actually makes really no difference. You could get a push. You could get a push at the Chargers one by one. Yeah, that's so, there's no. Yeah, so there's no tie as possible in the, in the playoffs. You could get a push if the Chargers win by one point. Right. So. So it's slightly it's better. Slightly better. It is before we finish talking about the segment. So I'm going to take this minus one. Nice. As a slight benefit. Make a little update here. I'm going to check my... Uh, uh, let's check the most recent... My game, my second game, also might change. It looks like it's the same. Who's playing. And that, that was... Thy second bet was... Miami and Buffalo, another two seven. Uh, Buffalo's favored by nine and a half. It was ten and a half. It's dropped uh, because there are rumors that maybe Tua will play, and I think if Tua plays, that number might drop down to six, maybe even so, something like that. I wouldn't be surprised um, because that because uh, both of the Dolphins games against the Bills when Tua's played have been close, and the Dolphins even won one of those games. So um, I would I'm. If Tua comes back, even if they, even if he doesn't, I think the Dolphins can keep it close. I don't know if the uh, Bills are, you know, this might be a game where they rest some players because they're going to play next week. And also they were on a big emotional high last week. Maybe they aren't going to be quite as high this week. So it's a lot of points. And I don't feel as confident about the Bills with that number over the Dolphins. I think Dolphins are also better than, um, the Seahawks are mm-hmm. I, and it, when that when they're healthy. So I, I so I like San Francisco in that spot as nearly 10 point favorites better than better than Buffalo. Even though in the way the weather also it's cold, but I don't, I don't think it's supposed to be a huge factor. So super cold or super snowy. I don't think it's the forecast at least. Yeah. So I think the Bills, it might be a low scoring game. It's cold and outdoors. So maybe just a low scoring game mm-hmm. uh, will keep it fairly close. So I like I like Miami. At, You're not, and, you, and you don't uh, need them to win. You just need them to. I just need them to cover. lose by less than by nine less than, or less. By less than double digits. So, yeah, um, yeah, I'll I'll take that. Those are both. Yeah, I'm I, I'm I feel. I didn't like really any of the lines this week. It was tough, and there we had fewer games to pick from. And it seems like more recently, I've taken a lot of the bad games. Mm-hmm. between the bad teams <laughs> and bet on those uh, right. to try to uh, um, but yeah well, so they, I, these I games picked, seem like they they are a little bit more unpredictable possibly especially with team some teams like not performing well in the last week of the season uh, like like Dallas yeah um, and then you know there's this Minnesota New York Giants game too where both teams are have pretty decent records but i don't know that anyone's really confident in either teams uh, yeah i was thinking of that one i had bet that game a couple of weeks ago when the vikings were favored by three and a half points and they ended up winning by three points that was another one of my if one point uh one point there would have sent me to victory um so this was, this was our, our 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 season long total was was it was that close laser thing um Razor thin. Um, so yeah, what was your what your what what was your second bet that you made this week? 
Well, the second bet was the Jacksonville. Oh, Jacksonville. That was your second bet. Okay, what's your, yeah. uh, what's your third number three? Bet, final bet of this round. Uh, I am going to that Giants-Vikings uh, game, but not because I think either team is, you know, maybe even capable of winning. <laughs> but I, I just think that the over-under number is uh, higher than what I would have expected, 48 and a half uh, for that one. Um, neither team's defenses are that great. Um, I think both are in the lower half of the league uh, for scoring allowed, uh, but their offenses aren't that great either. So I, I'm not sure how they're going to get up to that 48 and a half point total. Minnesota has a good offense if if Jefferson times, is playing most well. Of the, most of the time, their, their offense has been good is when they've their defense has been bad. Uh, then they've they've scored a lot to come back to win late. Um, but yeah. uh, 48 and a half is a high number. It's a bit high. I'm surprised. I'm surprised that it's that uh, it's higher than the Dolphins Bills over under, or um, or even the the 49ers Seahawks game too is only at 43. Um, so yeah, I'm going to take the under in the in the uh, Giants Vikings game. Yeah. Okay. I. Yeah, I, I'm staying away from that game. Although I I, I do want to uh, toot my own horn, uh, predict, saying that I was one of the uh, probably earliest prognosticators to predict the Giants as a uh, playoff uh, team. And I, and I think I was as early as week three that I had, I had seen a route forward for the Giants in the UFC as a, as a, as a playoff team. I think they were 2-0 after, after week two. And so I thought they had a chance of making the playoffs. Called it. And I called it. So. You called it early? But I'm still not, I'm still, I'm still not going to bet on them. You're not or or I, I've been burned too many times by the Vikings. I think the Vikings will win that game, but I could see the Giants blowing them out easily. I could also see the Vikings winning a close game, which is probably what's going to happen. But it's, I just, but it, I just even if, if the Giants do blow them out, if it's a, as long as it's in the like you know forty-two to three-ish, you know somewhere in there, it still keeps it. You'd be fine, comfortably under. Yeah, yeah. How about how about your final pick for this week? Mine final pick. Um, is one that involves the Dallas Cowboys and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the four-five matchup. On the Monday Tampa night, Bay, Tampa Monday night, the last game of Wild Card Weekend. Tampa is two and a half point underdogs to Dallas in playing in Tampa. Dallas is a better team, you would think, but Prescott has been playing poorly. Who knows what's going on with the Cowboys? They tend to fold in the playoffs. Uh, the Buccaneers do not usually do that, at least not since Tom Brady has been around. So I don't think Brady doesn't tend to lose first round playoff matchups. I don't know when the last time um, Brady uh, lost uh, uh, the Bucks haven't played great the last several weeks, but they have won when it matters. They've won, you know, they ended up winning the division. Yeah. Oh, the last By beating uh, the, a division opponent, and, and then yeah. Oh, 2019, the last year that Brady was in uh, New England, they lost the wild card to hmm. uh, the Titans, and that was the year that the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, and the uh, the Patriots were the number one seed that year, and the Titans beat them, so the Chiefs got home field advantage because of that. So, um, so I guess Brady does lose uh, first round playoff games sometimes, but I still think Dallas is. Mojo is not in a good spot right now. So 
I, I, I'm going Tampa Bay plus two and a half on that one. So that's, and I got my out, my, my, in my thinking is also that if, if Dallas loses, uh, Mike McCarthy is gone as Dallas head coach and probably Sean Payton will take that job uh, over mm. any of the, any of the other current jobs out there. He's the, he's the hot commodity, mm. I think. Um, which, which job that's open right now is the best one, do you, do you think, in terms of, uh, because it seems like Sean McVay is leaving Los Angeles. But it's at least, uh, he's apparently well, taking some time to weigh. Think about it. Cliff uh, Kingsbury has already been fired. Because he, he's, he's, you know, he's going to have, that team's going to have some difficulties in the next several years. They don't have any draft picks. Draft. Their been hurt. They're, you know, apparently injured and and aging quarterback. They've got some other options at quarterback, but that are also not necessarily that great. So uh, it's going to be it's going to be a tough ride for the next several years there. Um, I could see him retiring briefly, going to TV for a couple of years to write out that contract and then maybe coming back there or somewhere else afterwards. Maybe maybe that's a possibility. He's not very old. He's only 36, 37, I think. Maybe. Yeah, More he's young. Um, yeah, and there, I guess there's Phoenix or Arizona. At, Arizona. At, uh, not, not, it's probably a, maybe the worst of the jobs available, possibly. Because they you don't, think, because they're, Kyle tied in, they're tied into Kyler Murray. They don't really have. Is that worse than being um, stuck with Russell Wilson and no draft picks? Let's see, that one's pretty tough too. Yeah. So, yeah, but, I mean, has... but Arizona, it's like, I don't know. I think they've got some weird ownership issues too. And yeah, there's a lot going. There's a lot. A lot of negatives in Arizona. Um, he's, he's you know, maybe, maybe you could say like, well, I mean, at least you have a relatively healthy quarterback in in Denver, where they he should be better than the season that they had. Maybe maybe it was all, you know, Nathaniel Hackett's doing that caused the problem. They they played better the last two weeks of the season mm-hmm. um, after they after he was fired. So maybe maybe it's a slightly better job than Arizona, but maybe maybe not. Yeah, we have Houston should be a decent place because they have a lot of draft capital coming up in the next few years, but it's still Houston and it's like they fired two coaches after one year, two two in a row, Mm -hmm. and it's going to be Josh McCown or Cade McNam. Do you remember which one it's going to be, even Josh (laughs) McNam? Josh McCown. Oh. (laughs) They're the same same person. Um, Indianapolis. Mick also has an opening. Down. If Jeff Saturday is not going to be kept around, uh, Carolina maybe. It seems like maybe Steve Wilkes has kept that job, is it mm. which is probably bad long term, but maybe okay short term. Um, defensive minded coaches in today's NFL tend not to be as um, successful as offensive yeah. coaches. So, and you know, well, you know, Harbaugh is a potential, you know, spot for one of those jobs. I think he's asked or interviewed or something with the with the Panthers. Mm-hmm. Um, he was also a candidate for Minnesota's job last year. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, it seems like he wants to get out of college. I think I, mean, I think Michigan has a few NCAA violations, maybe on this one their way too. So, yeah, um, yeah, I don't know which job I'd pick. It seems like I guess maybe. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe the Rams, just because it's in Los Angeles, 
and if yeah. that opens up, that's a. Uh, um, you know, maybe Stafford is healthy. I think you know realistically, if you if you're truly a good coach, you'd want to go to the place that you have that gives you the most options. You can make the biggest impact in the first year, and it has to be Houston, though. It seems to me that that's because they have so much draft capital, you know, coming in here because they get they get um, Cleveland's first round pick this year and next. Um, and Cleveland did not play terribly well this season, so their picks are actually relatively high. You know, they'll be picking second and 12th, 10th or 12th, somewhere in that area. Yeah. If they, you know, if they can get the right coach and the right, you know, GM, you know, in there with them, they have the, they have an opportunity to at least, you know, make a big impact through the draft right away. But they have, just yeah. have not done that. And it's, it sounds like they're already making a mistake. <laughs> yeah, they have, truly are going to go you know, down this route with, a, you know, an inexperienced coach uh, who used to be an, you know, used to be a middling quarterback and a journeyman quarterback. I guess that makes, it's usually yeah. those journeyman players that make better coaches anyway, because they can coach people because if they're, if you're a really good player, you don't maybe understand how you got to be really good. And yeah, but if you're, but if you're kind of maximizing your mediocre abilities and made it to the top level, you, you could maybe help other people do it it seems like i don't uh, who's the best i don't know who the best player in the coach uh best you know player has been in the nfl jim harbaugh maybe he was a mediocre quarterback i don't um mm-hmm. in college maybe it's Deion sanders now he's since he's done pretty well with at least at university of colorado now but um yeah i mean i'd rather see somebody pick pick Dion to be a an nfl coach over McCown. I mean, come on. <laughs> I were well. I think Eric Bieniemy probably should be the uh, pick somewhere. Yeah, uh, he was a pretty good NFL, you know, pretty good player. Uh, mm-hmm. Though it's hard. To, yeah, most of most of the coaches are backups, or they never played. Um, I don't for for the um, for the quarterbacks at least anyway, right? Yeah, yeah, and and most of the other. Well, it's all linemen and like offensive linemen. I think maybe in yeah, Vrabel, Vrabel was a solid coaching. player. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's hard to, yeah. In, in other sports, sometimes it's those like it's soccer or in basketball, sometimes the stars are, are good managers. Baseball, it's usually good kind of mediocre catchers that become the good managers. Right. Yeah. Some exceptions like Don Mattingly was a manager. Uh, people like that but it's not not usually the great yeah well yeah i mean well i mean the the top tier players would have made enough money they don't need to continue to be associated with it so they i think they they probably would they're probably you know had the opportunity to have some pretty good coaches that just never never went into it because they they've already been paid enough they don't need they don't need all that stress (laughs) still from to go back into that after you know finishing yeah. their careers, yeah, I guess Buddy Bell, Dusty Baker, they were pretty good players. Yeah, um, Frank Robinson, Frank Robinson, yeah, Frank Robinson's probably the best who's been a success. Ted Williams was a manager for a while. I don't think he had that much success. But yeah, Frank Robinson had a lot of success. Pete Rose. Yeah, Pete Rose. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, Lupinello was a decent player. Yeah, um, and yeah, there's some. Uh, 
Joe Girardi, you know, he played Aaron Boone. You know, they 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 got some uh, decent players, but yeah, not yeah. You know, stars make too much money and they don't need to. Um, yeah, they wouldn't. They just, I don't think they just wouldn't want to do it for the yeah because the the money wouldn't be what they're used to getting paid for what they were doing before. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I guess Houston. You think back back to Houston. You think Houston's most. Tra- I think in theory Houston's the most attractive because it seems like they have the most cap, probably cap space and. In theory. capital in theory but they're gonna screw it up I they're not an attractive destination for free agents it doesn't seem like no uh because there's have been so little success um other than like deshaun watson like you know you want to stay away from that and um the quarterbacks i don't think the draft looked that great there's all there's big kind of caveats with all of them yeah um, and it's you don't you want to i think I would rather be getting a free agent quarterback than one in the draft this year, maybe. I don't know. Maybe Bryce Young. You don't think Houston's uh DJ Stroud. You think Davis Mills or Jeff Driscoll are the uh future of the Texans? <laughs> I think uh Josh McCown might be the future as player coach. <laughs> like Pete Rose once was. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know. But that's not an option for them right now, Mike. That uh yeah. they may be considering that. You don't know. You just don't know. And I think some of the um like I think Brandon Cooks has already talked about wanting to not be around for a rebuild with Houston. So it's not gonna be easy, whoever they bring in, but it seems like it should, in theory be a promising place to go for for a coach but if they're mm. looking at where you've heard that they're looking i don't see how it plays out well. <laughs> yeah um the last i'm trying to see the last head coach who was a player coach in the nfl Um, there were a couple in the twenties. Curly Lambeau was probably the most famous. Um, the last player who played and was also on the coaching staff, interesting enough, was Dan Reeves, uh, who coached the uh, Denver Broncos and the Falcons to Super Bowl losses. Um, mm. He was on Tom Landry's staff um, mm. uh, in on the Cowboys in the early seventies. And interesting enough, Tom Landry himself was a defensive back and defensive coordinator for the New York Giants in the 1950s at the same time. So he was uh, related to this. Anyway, anyway, player coach, uh, if it comes up. But um, I don't think that will happen. Uh, I think what will happen, though, is that we'll be back next week with even more exciting uh, NFL action. And we'll see how our picks do uh, in our playoff, uh, in our new uh, playoff race for uh, our betting crown. First uh, Lager season was very very close. I don't think um, you know it would have to it would be it would take a tie to be any closer uh, in the playoffs. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, but do you have any further final thoughts, Andrew? No, mm, yeah, that covers it. All right. On that note, um, welcome to the playoffs. Enjoy Wild Card Weekend, and I hope your teams do well, or at least do well uh, resting, like the Eagles and the Chiefs. 
and we'll see you back again next week for another exciting warning track power hour until then i am dr michael lerman he is dr andrew scaff we are the warning track power hour please like and or subscribe to our mini deliverance vehicles and we'll see you next week have a good day